Hello, 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 and welcome to Comedy Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Erin. And we're on another fly on the wall adjacent episode where Marion listens to me rant about, um, rant review about the dramas I'm watching. I do want to apologize for not uploading this week. Um, shit got real. <laughs> I've just been extremely busy. This is my first full week, second full week, second full week as a teacher. And I will be counting the dates every time I hop on this mic. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yay. And also congratulations to Marin for getting a a promotion. Is that what that is? Not really a promotion. They just changed Mm -hmm. the category of me. It was me and my coworker. We were the only ones on our team that weren't salaried. And so they made, they've been working on it for a while now and so the hr got back to us and i was like thank god because i want to work from home please please <laughs> bless god less traffic right. less travel right. you don't have to get up at 5 30 like i do anymore oh now i'm the god. only one who has to get up in the morning <laughs> cries a river of tears um but yes thank you guys for having grace with us with the podcast we, we're glad you guys are still listening um we are still very much enthusiastic about podcasting it's just that life is real busy right now and i low-key might have to pause this to go take my dog out to pee because <laughs> he won't stop crying let me take him out to pee and i'll okay. be right back <laughs> so yes i have watched yet another chai drama and i thought it would be a great idea for me to sit here and talk about it funny thing is that i thought this drama ended <laughs> what um two weeks ago (laughs) because my drama list only had 16 episodes as how many episodes it was and i was like excuse me (laughs) there's no way in hell (laughs) y'all are ending this story (laughs) in another episode so um the name of the drama is called to the moon and back it's about a neurosurgeon who was born into a rich, well-known family. His, fa- his father is a famous professor of economics, and his mother is a former famous actress. With his um, perfect family background, his father has designed his path since he was born. His name is Purim, um, was never given any choice to do what he really wanted. He decides to buy a house and moves out to live alone. Since then, he has his own little peaceful space with a secret a secret hobby that no one knows about. I'll read you the entire synopsis, then I'll just get into what I loved and what I didn't. Okay. So one day, his peaceful life ends when a new neighbor moves in. Her name is Mata Matalada, or we call her Mata. She's a strange woman who loves dressing in a bohemian style. She's raised by a single father who is gay and the owner of a cabaret in Pattaya. She had been bullied by friends since she was young, but being around kind-hearted people in the cabaret, she has been filled with a lot of love. Her father loves her and gives her a lot of freedom. Mata buys a house in Bangkok and moves in with her aunt, a lady, uh, aunt, they're all, I'm pretty sure her dad and then aunt, well, mm-hmm. I think her dad's gay and then her aunt is trans, okay. um, who has raised her since she was little. And loves her like a real daughter. One day she finds something that looks like blood in the trash bin in front of Putin's house. She enters his house and finds a bloody baby's body in the kitchen and thinks he's a murderer. Putin okay. to prove that it's not a real body. It's a Halloween cake that he made. And that is his, 
is his secret hobby. Mata tries it, finds it very delicious. She asks him to teach her how to make a birthday cake for her father. From then on, they go on from strangers to acquaintances and become close friends. Mata, a kind-hearted woman, brings her warm family into his life and fills his lonely heart with a love that he had never received before. So, a very, I don't know if that's called a be cute like literally thinking somebody has a dead baby's body on their kitchen counter. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. No, crazy. No, it was crazy. He's like, it's a cake. Chill. And I was like, not you being realistic with <laughs> the enemy. I mean, it didn't look like a baby, but I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> he had like red icing and stuff all over him. And I was just like, yeah, I would have probably thought you were a murderer on glance too, sir. Right. Um. So I. I don't even know why I started this drama. I don't remember how I found about it. I just knew that the male actor, I've talked about him being in other shows before. His name is James. And I really, I enjoy his acting. I feel like he's a really good actor. Mm -hmm. But he being shit that I'd be like, sir, (laughs) you are, you ain't shit in this story. And so (laughs) it was nice to watch him be a character that was shit. Like, Purim is a, He's a, you know, oh God, we'll get into that in a second. I just thought about, <laughs> I'm trying to describe him without unloading his entire backstory on you at right. the beginning. Putin is a quiet kind of um, man, a surgeon, right? He believes okay. that the heart is just, you know, the engine of the the body is not a tool for love because of how he's been raised mm-hmm. and so he meets mata who is a woman who's grown up in this flamboyant loving family and so of course she's like she crosses the social boundaries a lot with him in the beginning but mm-hmm. it's nothing like too invasive right okay they meet because of the cake thing but then they start to bond because she likes to bring home stray dogs but you know how there's those type of people that are really enthusiastic about dogs and they don't know how to approach them yeah that's homegirl homegirl is a born klutz she's not allowed around kitchen fires and she's not allowed around kitchen fires she only knows how to cook omelets you know she's kind of like a spoiled princess of her house she's got all of these aunts and loving people taking care of her when has she ever had to do a dish in her life she started (laughs) What does she ever have to do with Dish? Her father runs the number one gay club in Pattaya, a cabaret in Pattaya. Like, she's everybody's princess. She's a very loving character. And I think the reason I liked... Because, you know, sometimes they'll make female leads klutzy for the sake of the man saving them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, has nothing in it. It's like, more like bad luck and being klutzy instead mm-hmm. of like, innate okay. clumsiness. Yeah. So she's like innately clumsy. Like <laughs> I'll get to the proposal later. But she's like an innately clumsy person and she doesn't mean any harm, right? But her innate clumsiness doesn't come with her being stupid. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Like sis has been in therapy since before she went to elementary school. Daddy was on that shit. He said you have a gay father. <laughs> and a trans aunt who's taking care of you who your parents who you call mom and dad right we have to make sure you're okay (laughs) so it's that's the part of her character that i really like and so when these two people meet of course this man is just like come from a rigid household he literally Mm -hmm. had a study room that he stayed in all weekend 
his father puts grade put grade on his child's artwork. We'll get to that in a second. Girl, I saw that and screamed. <laughs> and so he meets Mata. He's and he just starts to enjoy her company. They fall in love. And I really do like their love line because if you listen to the podcast before, I do not like grandiose gestures of love. The whole like profusing and proposing in the streets are making I don't also I also don't I also don't like editing in a lot of rom coms where um the kissings are like uh-huh. from fifteen different angles and there's music <laughs> and heartbeat going on in the background. It's like you're killing me, I get it. They're kissing. I like intimacy more than I like romance, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so they did really good on being intimate and like being cringy, but knowing they're being cringy in love. And it's kind of realistic. And I love that. So I love that. I love that they were being realistic about, even though Thailand is known for being a very open country with the population of uh, LGBTQ plus alphabet mafia that live in Thailand and work in Thailand. They were very realistic about how a child of somebody who is not, you know, straight heterosexual, you yeah. know, dealt with bullying and the psychological issues that come with that. And so that story was very realistic. I liked that um part of Mata's story is that the reason she moves to Bangkok is that she wants to get her father and his parents back together because when her father came out as gay, mm-hmm. his daddy beat him. Like bleeding to the head beat him and I was like oh shit (laughs) and so I liked that part of that story I thought it was realistic I thought it wasn't overdone because I feel like sometimes if you watch media that has main characters who are gay there's like not a disconnect but a type of TV dramaticness Mm -hmm. to the discontent that family members have with their gay children or gay family members that kind of feels cartoonish and not real but this one felt like very real it felt like it felt like people who had been working their lives a father who had been working his life to make sure his son did everything he thought was right and then Mm -hmm. that son doing the opposite which caused like a communication thing like they went deeper into it than just being like a circle and cycle of abuse yeah which I enjoyed. Okay. Now, speaking about abuse, <sighs> Marin, I have never screamed therapy while watching a show more than I have watched this show. You want to talk about some of the, <laughs> like, I feel like it's another drama that I watched that had really bad parents in it, and I can't remember the name of it. But these parents are bad. And this show is very intentional on showing you what generational curses look like Mm -hmm. for example we have our second female lead our second female lead is the woman that our male lead's parents want him to marry she's the heiress of a rich man she owns a gym she's an influencer she's uh she's a a for the woman by the woman type of personality right okay yeah sis sis's life behind the scenes garbage her daddy did not have one mistress, but two mistresses with children by the end of the series. Her, <laughs> I have, like, 
I get emotional while watching TV shows. Mm-hmm. This man was literally, they were literally having a conversation. I probably should go find the screenshots that I took. They were having a conversation and he, talking about how um, he was like chastising her for being too out there in public or um, whatever he was chastising her about. It was some misogynistic bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. He says to her, and if I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm close on this quote. Are you just going to live your life the way you want to live it? I said, <laughs> bitch, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's well, her what, life. <laughs> what is the answer that I'm supposed to say? Oh, ex- <laughs> exactly. I was like, there's a lot of parents controlling their children in this story, just FYF. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what is her? I, I'm confused. <laughs> Confusion. What do you mean? Um, is she going to spend her life the way she wants to? Yes, bitch. Why would she ever listen to a man that is intentionally not divorcing her mother and living in another house with his mistress and child? Right. (laughs) Why would she ever listen to something you had to say? And then had another mistress. Oh, and the mistress got on my nerves because the first mistress was like, how could you do this to me? And I'm like, what do you, you didn't know the man you married? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Was there a mistaken identity? Um, You, you sleeping, you lying with dogs. You go come up with fleas. I don't know what to to tell you. Um, But then, so her story ties into the main characters because her and the male lead's cousin start mm-hmm. to have an off and on thing and I'm gonna get to y'all motherfuckers who were shipping them in a second because that was the most toxic shit I've seen in a while <laughs> um let's break down cousin the cousin is Try. Try is um I guess I can break down family structure for you there are two sisters so he's maternal cousins right two yeah. sisters mom has always been compared to older sister older sister ends up being an actress mom ends up being a successful realtor or some shit they have two boys. They both have boys. They both have sons, only children. So, you know, usually when only children of sisters, usually close is cousins. Like, that's usually the family dynamic and how that works mm-hmm. in our society. Um, younger sister, who is the mother of the cousin, is extremely jealous of older sister because they've been compared all their lives. And she feels like her older sister has a better life than her. So, but we find out later that older sister was is jealous of younger sister because she was loved by her friends. She was smart. All that other stuff. Anyway, their dynamic from the beginning of the story is that older sister is always saying how great her son is. Like, she boasts having a neurosurgeon of a son. Honestly, if I raise a child to be a neurosurgeon, I can't lie. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I did that shit. Look at that. Right. That, <laughs> that one right there, saving your life doing things with people's brains that's great but to use that as kind of of as fodder to attack your sister no so but of course because they've been doing that for i don't know decades um it's caused a rivalry between the cousin and our main lead right so cousin's mother is constantly berating him for not being good enough he doesn't have a good enough job he's not a neurosurgeon like his cousin you're not smart like him. Da 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 this, da 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 that. Come to find out, and I don't know if I didn't realize this in the beginning, mother's an alcoholic. Okay. Jesus. Mom's, yeah. I have, 
I I as a person who usually watches true crime, I feel like it takes a it doesn't take a lot for me to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but especially in dramas. Like if I'm listening to true crime, is you can be talking about children, I'm immediately skipping the episode, right? I don't right. need to hear the details about how somebody was, you know, tortured to death. In a TV show, being uncomfortable with abuse scenes is kind of hard for me because I'm like I've heard and seen so not I've heard so I've heard so much real shit mm-hmm. that most of the shit on TV is just like okay you're an ass you need to die that's usually the right. emotion right I have not I was like viscerally uncomfortable watching the scenes between the cousin and his drunk mother mm-hmm. and her just crying and begging him to ruin his cousin's life oh she's like she's like drunk and being like you have to get the woman that your aunt wants him to marry you have to you have to you have to be with her first you have to crush like she's like egging not even egging him she's ordering him to do everything he can to ruin Mm -hmm. this this not even potential relationship because he was never interested in her in the first place but like you can tell that this child the cousin from a young age has had this conversation with his mother because we get a flashback about how he has always still stole women who liked his cousin from him oh no. and i'm like right since like high school i'm like that there's no way that man is healthy in the brain there's no way <laughs> That that man is emotionally sound enough to be walking in society. To come home not knowing if you're going to face your mother who you just want to love you. Because that's what most kids want. They just want their parents' love. And to and his what he's been told to get his his mother's love is to ruin his cousin. Right. And so if he can't be smarter than him, he said, I can make sure you never have a loving relationship ever. And in the beginning of the story, I was very, very, like, unsympathetic to the cousin. Because I'm like, okay, they're showing us all these characters who've been hurt in various degrees. Who aren't then taking out that hurt on other people. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, intentionally leading this the second female lead on he's intentionally hurting his cousin he was intentionally giving his his cousin's father his uncle information about um his new girlfriend who he knew his uncle wouldn't approve of so i was just like you can't you and and so i was very unsympathetic to him till we got to see more of the scenes with him and his mom and i was like this is a broken child (laughs) Even then, I still have a little less sympathy for him out of the all the characters because they're all kind of broken children, but they aren't out there hurting people. Like, he's intentionally doing that, but at the same time, he's been groomed to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. Plus, his daddy is cheating on his mother with a graduate student who um, the father, (laughs) his father, then went to the main leads dad his um brother-in-law and said will you take her under your wing and teach her and help her because she's a graduate student and i said oh that motherfucker's out of his mind um 
it's like an egg. Yeah, just bad vibes all around, right? So the cousin and our second female lead are back and forth in a toxic ass relationship. Toxic. The cousin only approaches her once again because he wants to win over our main lead. She agrees to go out with him because she finds him attractive. She doesn't know. I don't think she knows. She doesn't know he's the male lead's cousin at first. But even after she finds it out, they fuck again. And I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? Um, so anybody who shipped them, I need, you need Jesus. Because there was, <laughs> there's, there was absolutely nothing cute about the relationship. You know the people who are into playing relationship games? Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, let's put this out there. For instance, there's a scene where she's trying to open up a bottle of juice. She can't open it. She posts on IG um, that she can't open it. This man shows up at her house and opens every single bottle of water in her house for her. And then they have, like, this intense conversation. And I think they end up fucking again. And I was like weren't y'all just mad at each other? Because the thing is that the the second female lead is always just like, oh, I'm here to play. It's all casual dating, all that good stuff. But in reality, she mm-hmm. wants that love, that romantic love. Right. And when Tri tries to give her, he gives her mixed signals. He's leading her on. But also he realizes that the male lead doesn't like her. He immediately becomes disinterested. He immediately becomes disinterested and tries to get the female lead, which is hilarious because, which I, which I love about the female lead character. I mentioned that she's been in therapy since she was a child, right? So every time this man comes up to her, tries to flirt with her, she's like, you know what? If you take off that mask, you look really sad. And I'm like, damn, (laughs) damn. (laughs) She's like, you know, all that fake acting bullshit's not working. She doesn't say bullshit, but she's like... You know the fake acting is really not working. You look extremely sad. He's always taken off guard. And I'm like, please stop playing with my girl because she's not having it. And it's so funny because every time he ever tried to be flirtatious or with his words or his actions or anything like that, she's just like, are you done? She's like, I'm being nice to you because you're his cousin. I, she's like, I don't want to be here with you. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> I absolutely adore her. But, so that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. That was Generational Curse 1, Generational Curse 2. Now we're on Generational Curse 3, which is the male Oh, lead. my God. <laughs> I'm not done. Um, Generational Curse 3. Uh, our male lead, once again, grew up in a very strict household. His father, they showed us, like, a series of events that happened when he was young, right? One of the ones that stuck out to me well, two of the ones stuck out to me. The first one is that his dad is at a speech or something. He's a professor. He's at a speech. He's talking about how much he cares for his family. We get a a, a cut to his cell phone that says that his son is sick. He goes to the hospital after the speech. Mm-hmm. His son is laying in the hospital bed with a fever or whatever. And he's like, um, can he get up and go to school tomorrow? I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, he really shouldn't. He's like, you really shouldn't miss school. You'll get behind your peers. And I was like, and the mom is even like, what the, f- what are you talking about? And the son who feels pressured, 
who just wants his father's love gets up and goes to school and i was just like therapy family counseling an intervention the the reckoning i don't know what needs to happen (laughs) something needs to happen that was one event the -hmm. second event is they're in his study room like he only was allowed to study not play games not do anything else as a child he was only allowed to study he believed that studying was what would get him his father's love that eventually happened no but (laughs) not the way he wanted it to anyway but he's drawing which is what kids do and his father literally puts a percentage grade on the paper (laughs) oh oh my god i will never draw again Uh, what are you rated like a 76 Oh like seventy six. It was like a picture of a frog or some shit. I said, "That's what I, I screamed therapy the loudest." I was, <laughs> I was like, "The unimaginable trauma." Yeah. Of oh. of putting a grade on your child's artwork, <laughs> and I was just like, "I was like." This redemption arc, whatever y'all finna do, better be fucking good. Because there's no way in hell. <laughs> no way in hell I would be an okay human being if my mother was grading my childhood artwork. Anyway. So that's the generational curse here. That is the way he is. We find out later is because... He was an orphan. He grew up in temples. He had a friend. That friend did bad shit to get money. That friend used to tear up people's cars and shit because the gangsters told them to or whatever. Or to steal money. Like, they would, like, bl- they would put tax on the road to blow out somebody's tires and then steal money. I don't even know if I was paying attention. Whatever it was, it was illegal and not good for kids to do, right? Right. The Their crimes get more and more violent because they can get money from it they end up throwing a brick into a moving car. One person got hurt. They did it a second time, ended up killing their teacher's wife. Now, um... (laughs) Now, dad, after after the first guy got hurt, dad said he's not doing it anymore. He went Uh back to the temple. The monks are like, you're better than this. You know, but his friend is kind of that troubled child that nobody, everybody's given up on. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to stop his friend because that's still his best friend, right? Mm -hmm. So the night that they kill, they end up killing their teacher's wife with the brick through the window. He comes to stop him. He's at the scene when the police pull up. Best friend who gets arrested for doing the crime then tells the police to arrest him too he's in on it with us and i'm like he he stopped what are we talking about (laughs) and so he was bitter and mad Mm -hmm. at his best friend for not being arrested with him and so now that his best friend is rich and married a famous actress and has a neurosurgeon's son he comes back out of he gets let out of jail and comes to terrorize him Mm-hmm. And of course, Auntie, who also doesn't like her sister, 
is going to utilize that man to terrorize her sister's family. Because why the fuck not? Let the trauma continue. The show again? 21. That's still a lot to happen in 21 episodes. Only an hour each. This is not even tie-length episodes. Oh my They're god. They're like an hour and 15 max. I was like, alright. <laughs> Jesus be a fence. I haven't mentioned... Oh, let me Oh, let me do mention one of the reasons I'm unsympathetic to Try. Try... The way he met the female lead was to literally cause a car accident. He literally <laughs> stopped his car in front of her moped and had her hit it. And he tried to be like, oh, I'm sorry, let me take you home. I said... She's like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, was really persistent. Yeah. <laughs> he was like extremely manipulative. And so, okay, that was Generational Curse 1, 2, and 3. I talked about her granddaddy beating her dad up. That was our female lead's trauma right there, right? Seeing her dad get beat up by her grandfather. <laughs> and so with all of this generational church traumas, Marin, how mm-hmm. do you think this series handled it? Like the messaging. <laughs> the redemption arc. A part oh. of me thinks... Oh, wait, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. Okay. A part of me thinks that this was handled okay. Mm-hmm. Another part of me thinks the Leo and me could never. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of good messaging about being honest with yourself, about looking into oneself instead of being hatred towards others, all coming from Mother Grace, Papa mm-hmm. Grace who is the female's dad, who has just been through the, the ringer at this point. He married a woman, had a child, and then divorced that woman, and still raised a child. Mata's a great child. Um, and so he has a very, she has a very, um, I'll use they, I don't know what the pronoun is. They have a very um, positive outlook on life. <laughs> and it's all about forgiveness. And I'm like, I'm I must not be in my healing bag yet because <laughs> I've seen a Korean drama end like that too before, and I was like, we're all happy, and we love each other, even though your brother tried to kill you, try to ruin your life. Listen, okay. listen. One of my most hated tropes is abused children who are forced to forgive their abusive parent. Mm-hmm. It drives me fucking insane. Because there is no way in hell that a victim has to have that much forgiveness in their heart. Right. Fuck the abuser. And so this drama is forcing me to think of this on a larger scale, right? Let's start with Pang. Pang never forgave her daddy. That was the one relationship that they kind of cut off. Mm-hmm. Pang did end up forgiving her mother, though, who had to kind of stayed around and kept the situation going and was a bad example because what ends up happening with Pang is that after her and the cousin kind of fall off, she ends up being with a billionaire. And I was like, purr, I love this for sis. Cause her daddy was garbage. I was no. like, I love this for sis. Come to find out that man is married with a child. I when you no. said billionaire, I should have fucking known. Right. I should have fucking known. There's no way you have a billion dollars and are a morally correct person. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way in hell. And so it comes out on the internet that she's becoming a mistress. And so she, her father yells at her 
and screams at her for being lowly and being a mistress to somebody. And I'm sitting here saying, set the motherfucker with two children out of wedlock? <laughs> set the motherfucker who's going to leave his first mistress for his second one? He was like literally yelling at her and saying, mm-hmm. I didn't raise you to be, you know, embarrassing for our family. I didn't raise you to be some kind of lowly woman. And she's like, I turned it down. I didn't agree to be his mistress. Why are we yelling at me? And that's when her mother right. finally was just like, we're, we've, we're done. We've had enough. So they solved that, which was fine for me. Mm-hmm. Now we have to talk about, oh, who do I want to go with first? Let's go with alcoholic mom and her son. <sighs> like, I don't know. I, I guess I have never had experience with people with substance abuse. So I don't know how much of that is the alcohol's fault, how much of it's her fault. Like, how much of this is supposed to be a forgiving? I felt like it was too easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But maybe that's the more realistic thing that right now it's easy and later down the line it's more complicated. Uh-huh. In the story, like a part of me feels like they weren't trying to wrap it up in a pretty bow, but they were trying to make sure everybody said sorry. Right? Mm-hmm. And so mom did apologize after her um husband left with the twenty five year old and stole all her money. Damn, she had the bottom. What else is she gonna say besides <laughs> once you have nothing right. left? She was she was also once they find out who the mistress was, they mm-hmm. were convinced that her sister's husband had sent the mistress to her family. When it was literally the opposite <laughs> way around. Your husband asked his brother in law to take care of his mistress as a student. <laughs> and so basically calls her out at the airport he's like i was sick of coming home to a person who was telling me i was never good enough i was sick of coming home to a person who was willing to ruin her sister's life i was sick of coming home to a person who was never you know has never shown our son love and i'm like that's valid mm-hmm. real valid but goddamn, like i don't know who i'm supposed to, like the drama was trying to i guess give us some sort of sympathy for the mom at that point mm-hmm and then in turn sympathy for try because he's had to grown up in that environment. But once again, you have children like Putim who have also grown up in a abusive environment, though it wasn't the same caliber, who aren't intentionally hurting people and leading them on. Did he mm-hmm. end up apologizing to everybody? Yes. Try did try made his apologies. He apologized to the second female lead. He apologized to the female lead and her parents and her family because at first they believe he was the one that told his uncle that, you know, her family is, you know, gay. Mm-hmm. And but he didn't. He wasn't the person that did that. Which is great. Um but I'm I'm I guess I wanted the the drama was all about forgiveness because um Papa Grace talks about that a lot of learning to forgive people but I guess I'm I must be more petty than I realize cuz I was just like I'm just like how even with the male lead and his dad once the male lead finds out that his dad was harsh on him because of the life that he lived mm-hmm. I'm like that's not an excuse 
to mentally traumatize your child by putting a grade right. on their artwork. Like that is and the dad apologizes for it, but I'm like I'm trying to I guess with me with the ending of it, mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand if these sorries are final or are these sorries the first step. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, are these apologies the first step that, even though I won't ever see these characters again, that in the fiction story of the world this in, that they're going to keep working on apologizing and being better? Because we got to see that for for Papa Grace and his parents. Like, Papa Grace ended up basically stopping... The, the grandfather owns a, a gold store, a store that sells, like, gold jewelry and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's getting robbed. His son steps in. Oh, Yes, his his child steps in i think his daughter i think he's trans i'm i don't remember um but his child steps in papa grace and gets um stabbed and is like on life support and almost dies and that was the wake up call for grandpa mm-hmm. and grandpa apologizes profusely like they have like a couple of really good emotional moments so i felt like but it happened so much earlier in the drama that we got to see that sorry was the first step Mm -hmm. and you constantly get to see that the parents are asking questions and learning about their child's life and learning about Malta and their, their, you know, their family and Pattaya and, you know, they have questions and things like that. And so you learn that. And so that story feels much more real and secure than the rest of them because everything was getting wrapped up in the last two episodes. And that's when they started losing me because it was no longer about the leads. Like I was very into the leads and their romance. They're so cute. And if you ever watch clips of them, I definitely recommend it. And so I'm kind of, I honestly don't know where my rating for this drama lies because Mm -hmm. even at the end, after dad's friend exposes him, at one of his conferences for being a murderer or whatever, but when we learn the situation, we're like, "Bitch, you killed somebody with a brick." <laughs> like that ain't got nothing to do with daddy. Dad feels <laughs> immense guilt, which is like what drove him into being like a very strict parent because he was so terrified that his son, who was now living in a very rich neighborhood, was somehow going to turn into a delinquent. And I'm just like, "You could have just raised him." Like any other child, I promise you that kid would have been right. <laughs> he doesn't have to, you know, beg on the streets for money. He can literally be like, Dad, I need 20 bucks. <laughs> I need... Right? Mm-hmm. But again, as a traumatized child, he doesn't realize that. That's the generational curse thing coming in. Um, but when they finally... So, Dad gets, you know, torn up in the media for being a murderer and for being fake. He does a press conference at the cabaret with Papa Grace as the interviewer, and he's telling the truth about the story. And then the next morning, they sit down and have a conversation, and the male lead is so forgiving. And that's the like when I was watching that scene, the the language that he was using, I was like, did they not show us enough of his childhood with his mother? Because there were times that they showed us flashbacks with the mom, mm-hmm. and she was definitely like letting him do more things, letting him bake or letting him, you know, draw or things like that. But if the dad ever said anything, she just kind of followed it. And she was sad too. And she left the dad earlier in the story 
just to get away from him because she realized that she wasn't protecting her child and how tired and stressed out her son had been this entire time under the guise of, you know, happiness or working so hard for your parents' love, which children should not have to do. And so he starts using this language which denotes a a high level of emotional intelligence. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, where did that come from? (laughs) Where did it come from? Did his mother do a lot more raising than we realized and dad was just kind of like an insert? Like, was dad the busy dad who just came in and gave orders and left? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I felt like they didn't explain that enough. Or was this a result for him being with the female lead? who has a great vocabulary on emotional intelligence because of her dad, because of being in therapy. Is that where that come from? I feel like that scene was kind of offsetting because I, I don't know, maybe I'm just a petty bitch and I'm just not that forgiving a person. Like I'm going back and forth because I really do hate the trope of right. children having to forgive their parents. And these kids have been through a lot, like a lot and so even when the alcoholic mom, like, I guess I, I'm guessing a percentage of her abuse had to do with substance. So once she's not on the alcohol, maybe she's a better person. Maybe it's now that her husband's left that she's coming out to be a better person. I don't know. Maybe somebody who's watched this show will also have these thoughts. Or maybe y'all didn't look as deeply in it. <laughs> to add. But they kind of force you to go deeper into it because they stop. it stops being about the two people being in love. Mm-hmm. And more about their families working it out so they can be in love. And I'm like, well, I can't ignore all of these cues and things. <laughs> if we're going to direct the story in that way. But, you know, like, I'm all for forgiveness for yourself. But, like, fuck the abusers. So this drama, this drama is playing with my one hated trope. And I don't mm-hmm. know how I feel about it. I guess that's my conclusion <laughs> for that. Um... I still recommend it, though. I think this is a very good Thai drama watch. It's only an hour and 12 minutes. Girl, that's rare. <laughs> in the land. In the land of golden elephants. <laughs> um, in Thailand, yes, in Thai drama land, it's very rare for mm-hmm. a show to be only an hour and 12 minutes. And the acting is good. And the story is very easy to fall in love with. I just am confused about the ending. Not confused. I just don't know how I feel about the ending. Um, I think it was a great opposite to track. I think the two people, um, the leads who are Toei and James, um, did a great job portraying their characters. I absolutely love the characterization from Mata because they don't make her the typical um, female lead who just like the male lead is also sad. Mm-hmm. I feel like in K-dramas, they don't ever give one of the people happiness. Like, they'll be like, oh, she's extremely poor, but she's happy. And like, that, <laughs> that is not always hand in hand. Um, and so for her to be happy and not have to also have the the economic status of like poverty, Mm-hmm. was refreshing <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah a lot no, i of, totally get it a lot of romantic pairings are like "Ooh, she's happy-go-lucky but she's poor and he's rich and they can't be together and i'm like what <laughs> it's just it, it gets old after three years of watching that story over and over again so i really do appreciate 
characterization for Mata, I appreciate that. I also thought it was a good portrayal of a cold human being without being an asshole. <laughs> like, once again, in a lot of dramas, the male lead who's like cold and unapproachable is just a dick. <laughs> it's just a bad person. He's not a good person. But Putim is a, he's a good person. He's a very good doctor. He cares about his patients. He cares about his friends. And that is shown more and more as he falls on the water. So, I don't have a rating for this drama right now. Right now, it's sitting at an 8 because I just love the romance of it all. Mm-hmm. And the realistic of it is. But I don't know if I agree with the messaging or if I'd like... I like the messaging for forgiveness, whatever. I don't know if I like how they handled it. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. I don't know if I like how they handled it. So, yes. This is definitely not the most craziest Thai drama I've told you about. <laughs> no, not even close. Not even close. It's actually very, very tame. It is. So that's why I wanted to make an episode about it so you guys can go watch it. Please support. It is on... I did not watch this on on the Red and Black um, streaming network. I did not watch this on there. You can find it in other places. If you need help finding it in other places, you can hit me up on Discord. I got you. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I have no idea what we're doing next week. Are we doing the bear next week? Yeah, I think with you and Corey. Yes, we are doing the bear next week. I binged that over break and I have a bone to pick with you bitches on Twitter. So come back <laughs> for that episode. But, you know, um, until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. Bye-bye. Bye.